0: good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time it is for you we're glad you're tuning in my name is alec i'm the host of this little podcast here and once again today we're going to be talking to some incredible folks in the community who are going to be speaking at some of the events we have coming up in june in particular DesignConf this time i'm really excited to be talking to these two individuals today who have a really fascinating background really interesting talk they're going to be talking about so we'd like to introduce them uh, they are the co-founders of project inkblot and they are jahan Manton and Boyuan Gao. How did I do on that? Yeah, you did it.
1: Okay. Yes. Cool. All right.
0: okay. All right. Amazing. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks for having us. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. So pretty good. Pretty good. You know, it's Friday and uh, it's
0: Friday indeed. Yeah,
1: it's Friday. <laughs> and we're excited. You know, some days
0: you just have to call it out. It's Friday. And that says everything that needs to be said.
1: Exactly. That's literally how Alec and I started our conversation before you talked about, Jahan, we're like, how's it going? Um, but it's good to be here, and we're really excited about the conference. So yeah, we can dive right into the stuff.
0: Amazing. Maybe, Jahan, we can start with you. What is Project Inkblot for those that haven't heard of it? And then afterwards, I'd love to hear from you both, like, what's the origin story with this? So first of all, what is it?
2: Okay, well, we are a design educational company and we lead transformational programs around design education. So we're really looking at how do we start to transform our mindsets and our practices around design? How do we build equitable products and services and content? And we do that using our framework, which is called Inflat Design. And what it does is it has you start to really start to investigate, like, who who are you? as a designer and how does that influence like what you're building what you're making and who are you designing with like what does that look like to design with communities right to start to build out what you're building and then finally like what are you actually making and you know the reason that's powerful and the reason that's unique is that typically how we are taught to design is just to like jump into the building it's like you just jump into the design. And yet these pieces that I just mentioned, who are you and who are you designing with are really critical when you're thinking about equity in design.
0: That's a really interesting, um, you know, it feels like the, the starting point of a practice that is kind of maybe often ignored, right? You know, how are you walking into the room? I don't know if you're familiar with Vivian Castillo, but she's been a fan favorite of UXRConf. Talks a lot about power dynamics and privilege and empathy, all that kind of mm. stuff. And one of the things I remember her saying when we were talking was around like, what kind of coffee cup are you carrying into the room? Is it Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> what does that say? Right? What does that say to the that's person you're going to be talking to? Right? Mm. And so that's a really interesting. It's clear parallels here. But can you tell me a bit about how this got started?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I will and I can, but um, I want to just add to a couple of things, right? So it, we're futurists and we're living in this very grave time <laughs> in our <laughs> in humanity, right? And, and that's just what it is. And so when we're talking about equity and design and we're talking about who are we firstly, right? Like who the hell are we? And when we look at design, we're not just talking about, do you have design in your title? We're talking about every single human being. Who is creating something or making decisions that impact other people are designing ultimately, right? So, really, the vision of Project Inkblot is that we are building a movement of co-designers. And what we mean by co-designers is again, just to add to what Jahan was saying, right? Is like typically designers are taught to design for people. And we see a fundamental flaw in that thinking. So a lot of our work around design education, it's not passive. It really is about shifting our mindsets and our practices fundamentally, right? Not just in terms of work, but in terms of life. And then the other thing that's needed, and you can probably relate to this because your work is also in education, right? It's like, we need the abundance of time and space to really grapple with some of these things, to really question how it is, well said. right? That, that's really what the conference is about. And that's why we're excited to be around people, to like really be energized and, and ruminate on these things collectively. And that's the potential for the future. It's not just looking at oh, what's crappy and what's inequitable and gloom and doom, but we need to be able to envision a future that is actually gonna work for us all. And and that's what Project Ink Blood is about And we do that through educational content services, blah, blah, blah. You know?
0: Yeah, that's just, that's so well said. And it's funny that you mentioned that too. Cause one thing that I always kind of look for of like whether or not we've done our job well, particularly with UXRCOM, because that's kind of where we started, was. There's some people walking out of the room with the kind of like a ghostly look on their face, and they're just like, "Oh my god, am, am I doing everything wrong?" I'm like, "Great, we've we've, yeah. we've challenged people. This is good, right? This is healthy." Yeah. And and <laughs> you know, but it, it does. You have to make space for that, and you have to make time to grapple with these ideas because we're all on this journey, right? We're all trying to grow and be better. And if it feels comfortable the whole way through, I I, I question whether or not we're we're really doing it right, you know.
2: That's so great. We had led um, sessions to this tech company, and one of the leads there afterwards, it was like one of my favorite testimonials, where she was like, "I feel like everything I've been taught about design, I'm like questioning." So in the same way that you're like, "Oh, do you like like you've seen a ghost when you leave success?" You're like, (laughs) "Oh, you're questioning everything, success." You know, and it's kind of exactly right. Yeah, it's it's rattling.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a good thing, right? I mean, it feels bad, right? It feels uncomfortable, but what you're actually doing is for the maybe not the first time, but in that moment, you're starting to think critically about what you're doing every day, which is awesome. I mean, that's great. I I have to hear how did this how did this start like. (laughs)
1: <laughs> We're going to tag team this because it's going to take nine years to get so it, the we'll story. It <laughs> um, well, one of the things is, okay, along with that line of thinking, right, which is like things have been designed for people and rarely co-designed. And then even more rarely, you know, people who look like us, right, in particular, I'm talking about people of color or black and indigenous and people of color, right? It's like things are designed around us and never from us. And so the origins of how we came together is like Jahan and I. We became homies. We were both editors at a music and culture magazine. That's like really our origins. It's like storytelling and culture and anthropology, like all these nerdy things, right? And we just got together and vibed on those similar, um, you know, shared interests. And we're like, oh, we should build something together. And as you know, right? Like when you're like creating a new project or you becoming an entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff, it's like so much of the desire is like the freedom to create the way that you want without any type of parameters. And that's how we began. And through doing that, we started very hyper local. We did a lot of community events that were focused on women of color who are building projects and creative ideas and designing things, right? And so we started off um, building these workshops around how to get your work out into the world. And that turned into consultative work with cultural institutions. And that turned into even bigger opportunities with consulting. And all the while, we were applying a lens that we didn't at the time think, oh, wow, we have a lens that we're bringing in or that we have a framework that we're bringing in. But in fact, it was that. It was like, what are all of the fundamental things that big institutions, corporations, or just conventional thinking excludes who is excluded who is not brought into decision making and that's what we started to incorporate into all of our work and then when we started to codify that that's really how bam like inkblot began so i'll just pass it to johan because there's a lot more to this story
2: yeah i think then you know it it really just came to like we were we were like what we're doing can, like other people can do this. You can bring in a new way of thinking about how you're designing. Like it's not like we should be the only ones practicing this. And as Bowen was saying, we were pulling from our personal experiences, our professional experiences, but also like really a lot of what we're talking about is participatory design. And that's not new. That's been practiced a lot within like the educational world, et cetera. But it's really kind of a new thing to folks in like tech and we're, Kind of tech obsessed in a lot of ways, just by like how useful technology can be, and also how insidious sometimes at the same time. And talking about like world building and future building, it just is happening so rapidly, and the um, the ways that harmful impacts just get baked into the technology. I mean, we have like countless examples. So we really started to bring that type of thinking in our framework to tech companies. To really start to like heighten that awareness. And I think the other thing that always strikes me in our work is like designers are so creative by nature, like so creative and like very process obsessed. Like, how did this get to this? And like, we love that. Like, we go out about that. But then when the conversation gets to equity and whether it's around gender or racial equity, it's like our create, the creativity is just like zapped from the room.
0: Why do you think that is? Where do you think that kind of comes from? I mean, that's a whole other talk. I mean,
2: (laughs) you know, like our, you know, this country and many other countries in history of like racism and colonization, all these things, no one's trained to like talk about race. We don't know how to do it. You know, there's so many wounds. It's like, I mean, the depth of trauma is so deep that like bringing like mixed race, you know, or a room full of folks who are of different races together to have these kind of conversations and really start to explore you know, root causes of these inequities and how it shows up in ourselves and what we design. These are like all really tricky, complex, nuanced things, you know, but just starting to have that conversation and having people start to, um, think differently or look differently about at it. There's actually a lot of things that can be done. Again, countless examples we can give, but they're all of, none of them needed to happen. Like they're all, avoidable, you know, so it's not really a question I can answer. It's not, it's not an easy question to answer because the answer is so deep and so layered. Yeah, no doubt.
1: Yeah. It's well, like I, really Go ahead. Boom. Well I was gonna say, well, I do have one answer for it, which is that these topics tend to be super hyper personalized, right? It's like if I do something that's gonna have an insidious or harmful impact that reflects I don't want to be seen as racist. I don't want to be seen as homophobic. I don't want to be seen as blah, blah, blah. But like taking uh, so much of our work is taking the morality out and really looking at, does this work for people? Is this the best end product? Is this a best Mm -hmm. end service? Right. And instead of like the personalization of like somebody intended to do this or not, it's more, we start to interrogate things like processes. We start to interrogate things around like What are our mental models around this? Like who said that the end result success looks like this, right? Where did that come from? And so a lot of our work is addressing those root causes. And I just also want to make one clear distinction, which is like previous to this year, and particularly after the murder of George Floyd and the racial uprisings and all of that, so many organizations that were DEI, Focused or DEI adjacent or even had just equity in the, you know, name, including ourselves, we were inundated by people, right? For all of this work at really rapid rates and, and all of that. And that is and, and that was great. But we spent so much time focused on the harm reduction route, right? Like how do you reduce harm? How do you think about this in that way? And that was very useful and it still is. But I think that what we're gonna bring into this conference. And what we're doing moving forward is really looking at the opportunity, right? It's like, how do we, again, build a future for all? What are good examples of people who are in their own communities building solutions that are just freaking genius, you know, just like out of the world, creative, innovative, and useful across the board to all people, though it came from a very specific need. And that's what we want to draw attention to because we all like kind of need a little bit of inspiration these days, don't we?
0: I think it's it's really interesting because, um, and I, I feel like this is such a hard thing to do is some of these issues are very hard to talk about. And a lot of times it's very easy to get defensive and all that kind of stuff. So to t- be able to talk about it in a way that actually is hopeful and, you know, you're excited about what can be done, I think is is really interesting. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear more about it. One thing I'd love if you can expand on a little bit before we wrap up is say we, we were going to have this conversation. It's going to be awesome. Everyone's going to be inspired. What do you kind of hope that they do differently when they go back to work the following week or the following day or the following month, whatever it is? Is there any kind of like really tangible change that you kind of hope that people can take with them when it comes to their actual practice?
2: Yeah. I mean, someone had said this recently and I loved it and it was like the powers and the questions and i thought that was so profound like it is it's beyond time like to ask different questions mm. and even just the power of asking different questions is that you start to have different conversations and that's not a small thing and it's not a trite thing so like we have like specific inquiries in our practice that lead people down different pathways that result in different outcomes like if you're really starting to apply some of the practices that we preach you know, from our framework, so a great win would be folks coming out feeling a little bit of like seeing the ghost in the room as you say <laughs> like, uh-huh. like wow, but then also seeing like, what if I brought these questions into my practice, because the thing is that humans, as we know, are so resistant to change, like we just are, you know, but it's like, okay, but designers have processes we we, we use processes, we already have those things, you know, so when we can start to like okay, if we actually started to really get to like, well, what's the root cause of this challenge that we're trying to address? You know, is what we're creating, is it addressing that challenge? Like, what are the roots here? Or like really started to dig into like, what are the different identities that I'm bringing to my practice that are undoubtedly influencing what I'm making? Like piece of me is in what is being made. Like what, what difference would that make? A quick example I give is a friend of ours works at a big tech company and, you know, mentioned something around like, wow, if I really knew my coworkers, it would make such a difference in what we create and like what we build. But because the culture doesn't allow for any type of vulnerability or like real kind of humanizing and the culture is just go, 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 sense of urgency, kind of produce at all costs. You know, what we're talking about is like the antithesis to that. and that's. A challenge, you know, because this is how the culture is. And yet there's still things that that we can do. So we're excited for the talk because, you know, one of the things we're really going to be focusing on are like really focusing on like Black, Indigenous, and POC creators and designers. And I will also say that this is really aligned, as by when mentioned, with the direction that we're going in, moving into, which is really not just working with tech companies and like big corps. <laughs> but actually focusing more of our heart's work on Black, Indigenous, POC communities, designers, creatives, media makers who are creating equitable platforms.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm super excited. It's been awesome to have this preview conversation already with you both. I think people are going to take a lot away from it. And like I said, I hope to see a few uh, ghastly faces yes. after your talk as people interrogate the learnings and the hard questions, and hopefully we all come out better from that. So thank you both so much for, for joining me today. Thanks, thank Alex. you. Look forward to Brooklyn. Likewise. If you want to join Jahan and Boyuan at Design Conf this year, there's two ways you can do it. The first is you can join us in person. That's right. We have a limited number of in-person tickets. You can grab one of those over at designconf22.joinlearners.com. But If you are one of those folks who likes to stay in, keep your shoes off, put your feet up and want to watch from the comfort of your own couch, you can do that too. Remote tickets are free. Same URL, designconf22.joinlearners.com. You can go and register there. Either way, we'd love to see you and we're excited to learn with you coming up this June. See you next time. Thanks everyone.